Okay, thank you so much. Oh, how he loves you. God loves you. God loves all of us. And uh, there's a reason as to why when we uh, believe and accept him, he saves our souls. So, okay, it's preaching time. Uh, let's prepare our hearts, our minds, and our Bibles. Pastor is coming now, so I would like to call our pastor, Reverend Silmo Bingay, to preach to us the very word of God. So, pastor, please. Amen. Thank you, specials. And uh, once again, happy to see every one of us today. And uh, hope you are ready and happy uh, for the services, the Word of God, I mean, tonight. Once again, happy birthday to Sir Greg. No, listen, Greg, we call moderator, and you greet yourself. So let's give him, please, a big hand. Happy birthday, uh, happy birthday, Greg, and uh, your Bible, please, with me tonight, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, and uh, we're going to read verse number 10, Hebrews, kindly rise at this time to give uh, reverence to the Word of God, Hebrews, uh, chapter 2. Verse number 10. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse number 10. <clears throat> I hope you are ready now. Hebrews 2, verse 10, it says, For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom <clears throat> are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God. And this is a great verse again that we looked into. 
And uh, may the word of God feed our souls and spirits tonight. And Lord, help us to really, Father, understand the word of God. It's through the Holy Spirit that we are anointed, dear Father, given the privilege to understand the word of God, the things of God tonight. And I pray the Lord that some souls will get saved today. And then your people will be enlightened to the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And uh, amen. Magaling ko tanan paliyog. In uh, our uh, sermon tonight, our lesson tonight is entitled, Jesus Christ, our great deliverer. Jesus Christ, our great deliverer. For it became him... For whom are all things, all things, and by whom are all things in bringing many sons. And when we say many sons, that also includes daughters, men and women, many sons unto glory. And uh, to make the captain of their salvation, the author, the leader, And uh, they used to have uh, the uh, the captain or the the uh, commander in chief would go before the troop, so he leads them, and so he's the captain. He's leading us in our journey from this life to the next life in heaven, the life in glory. We have a captain that leads us, and then make sure that we will safely arrived in our eternal <clears throat> home to make the captain the forerunner of their salvation of our salvation uh, perfect through sufferings may god bless the reading of his word literally the literal interpretation of this verse shows five things number 1 before the foundation of the world The Godhead deemed it desirable that God would become man and die on the cross in order that man might be saved. It has been the plan of God. The Godhead, when we say the Godhead, we are referring to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit deemed it desirable for them that that, that man might be saved in 1 Peter 1, verse 18 to 20. 1 Peter 1, verse 18 to 20. As you know that you were not redeemed for as much as you know. That you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Uh, who verily was foreordained. Underline that. It, 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 it did not happen just, you know, uh, quickly and, uh, 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 you know, without being planned. No. Was foreordained before the foundation of the world. That, that, but, but was manifest in these last, last times. For you, 
And number two, by whom? Refers to the fact that God is the final reason for all things. Everything that happens, everything that what everything that we have today, everything happens because uh, God is the final reason. And number three, by whom is literally uh, through whose agency all things come into being. Number four, great the great redemption plan will will see many sons brought into uh, uh, sin, into, into salvation from sin. So that is God's purpose. In that redemption plan, that God will come and die for us on the cross, included in that plan is to bring many from sin to salvation. And then number five, it was through sufferings that this great plan for redemption was brought about by Christ. He has to go through suffering, which refers to the cross. He has to die before there can be salvation actually. Hebrews 2 verse 10, notice three precious things. Now his death had triumphantly accomplished on the cross. Number one, number one. And uh, verse number 10, for it became him. What does it mean? That his sufferings were exactly the sufferings of Christ on the cross was fitting. F-I-T-T-I-N-T. And uh, fitting. Now, for it became him. Meaning his sufferings were fitting. For it became him to be made perfect through sufferings. Later on, the writer of Hebrews builds heavily on that. Because Christ's, Christ's priesthood is, is possible only because he knows human life in all its joys, in all its sorrows, and all its temptations and trials. Jesus knows exactly everything. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, please. Hebrews 4, look at verse number 14 uh, and up to 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. We have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of, in time of need. In Hebrews chapter 5, look at verse 1, verses 1 and 2. For every high priest taken among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who, ha- who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For he himself also is compassed with infirmity. And uh, so <clears throat> um, uh, his sufferings is, you know, it became him, number one, uh, means his sufferings were fitting. Exactly. Number two, his sufferings were fruitful. Not only uh, fitting, but fruitful. 
And for as a result of them, he brings many sons unto glory. Yes, he goes into suffering. They'll put him to death. They will despise him. But, you know, the, 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 the proof of that, the result of that is many will be brought to salvation from sin. Many will be brought to glory. Thank God we're going there. Why? We look at the sufferings of Christ. Because Christ suffered for us. So, as a result of them, he brings many sons unto glory. Believers have a very high position, actually, in the family of God. What is that position? We say, very high position in the family of God. What is that position? You and I are sons of God. Amen? We are sons of God. First, or John 1.12 But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. They also have a high position in the future. Not only today, not only right now in the family of God, we are made the sons of God, but we can also look at the future. We have a high position in the future. They will be brought to glory. Amen. Salvation, because of that salvation, that salvation will bring us to glory. We're going to heaven. For what reason? Because we're saved. <clears throat> because we're saved. Not because we are a member of a church or not because of something we have done. There's only one reason I'm going to heaven. Because Jesus Christ went through suffering. If Jesus Christ refused to suffer, you and I would have no hope for heaven. And heaven is a prepared <clears throat> place for a prepared people. The Lord's Finished work on Calvary. Prepared the people in glory. Today he is preparing a place for us. Yes, it made us a prepared people. <clears throat> and then on the other hand, we find Jesus Christ in John 14 verses 1 to 3. Preparing for us a place. His sufferings were fitting. His sufferings were fruitful. His sufferings were fundamental also they they made the author of our salvation perfect his sufferings made us a prepared people his sufferings made us occupy a high position in the family of God what is that position again we are sons of God and we have a future and his suffering number three were fundamental also, for they made the author of our salvation perfect. Now, let me ask you, why don't you ex- explain it properly to us? <clears throat> His sufferings made him perfect. Now, let me say this. The Lord did not need to be made perfect morally. Morally. So let me say it again. He did not need to be made perfect morally. For he was always that. He's pure. He's the God. He's holy. <clears throat> but he did need to be made perfect ministerially. So that he can minister to us. As being our high priest. God, man. <clears throat> he has to be made perfect. Meaning to say, his suffering has to be made perfect for our salvation. 
for Him to be able to minister to us. That is why Jesus Christ has now all the authority, the power to minister to us as high priest. Why? Because He endured the cross for us. He still bears the mark of His suffering on the cross right there. Now, how also could, they, could He enter, uh, enter into human uh, into, into human life except by suffering? His sufferings are the foundation upon which all His present ministry rests. Let me say that again. His suffering, his sufferings are the foundation upon which all his present ministry today rests. Look at Hebrews 2 verse 14, please. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also, he also himself likewise took part of the same. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. It was through death that he conquered the enemy. It was through his death, his suffering, that he conquered the power of the enemy. Mark 10.45 For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And to give his life a ransom for many, very clear. For him to be able to minister to our needs, um, he has to die as a ransom for all of us. So the Lord did not need to be made perfect morally, but he needed to be made perfect through suffering ministerially. You get what I mean? So that he can minister to us as our high priest. But we have not a high priest. <laughs> which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He understands us. Why? Because He was man here on earth. He can understand our pain. He can understand our sorrow because He went through them. Through all of them, He was tempted in all points like as we are. Yet, the difference is without <clears throat> sin. So this speaks of the incarnation. God becoming man. The incarnation was necessary in order to redeem humanity. He has to be born. He has to live like us. He has to join us so that, so that redemption will be made. The redemption of humanity must be made. So we understand now he was made perfect. Perfect of what? Morally, no. He has never sinned ministerially so that he can minister to our needs. The great plan of redemption demanded death. And God cannot die. Remember that. God cannot die. Consequently, he would have to become man to carry out this great work. His death on the cross would destroy Satan and his power. Our text shows us some great and precious truths concerning our Lord Jesus Christ and his people. Notice, first of all, his wonderful divine purpose. His plan and his desire. His plan and his desire of bringing many sons, men and women, to glory. In First, Second Peter 3, verse number 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, 
as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All should come to repentance. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, look at verse 16 and verse number 17, please. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice, and with the voice, uh, with, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain unto the coming, alive uh, and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. With the Lord. Now, uh, as we look back in the history of the Israelites in the wilderness, we see the historical picture of this great divine purpose of God in bringing many sons to glory. All we, all we do is to look back in the history of the people of God in the wilderness. And in the Old Testament, God brought the tribes of Israel out of Egypt to the Red Sea. And uh, though the, through the wilderness and into Canaan, the Exodus was not merely bringing of the people out of Egypt into the wilderness, out of their lack of faith. They accused Moses saying in the book of Exodus 14 verses 1 to 3, And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword? You see, but you know, that was their thinking. But God's divine purpose for them was, was not yet completed. It was not yet completed. It was not yet finished until all those whom the Lord intended to bless had actually crossed Jordan and had taken possession of the promised land. He did not lead the children of Israel merely out of Egypt, but he led them into Canaan. That was God's purpose. God was never... God has never thought that they stay in the wilderness. No. Bringing them from Egypt. And God's purpose was to bring them up to the land of Canaan. Until they reached the land of Canaan. And that is what's God's purpose. Bringing us into glory. Thank God for that. And until we arrive into the promised land. God's leadership of the Israelites through the wilderness is a picture of Christ's Leadership of the many sons who, is, who he is bringing to glory. Friend, think of, of the salvation of the redeemed in that height. We are all saved by God. And God's purpose is to bring us to glory to his son, Jesus Christ. What a wonderful truth we see in the word of God here. The Lord Jesus Christ is bringing glory. Just as God brought his ancient people into Canaan, the ultimate destination of every believer is eternal glory. And we say amen to that. Eternal glory. That is our ultimate destination. Heaven is called glory. And we say amen to that. The land of glory. We are going there. And uh, what a place. Revelation chapter 4. Look at verse number 21. Verse number 4. That is the land where... God intended us to live forever and forever.
Number four, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Heaven is rightly called glory. I do not doubt that it is a glorious place. Revelation 21, look at verse number 11. 21 verse number 11. Having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone. Most precious even like jasper. Stone clear as crystal. Yes, no doubt. Heaven is the glory of God. And the place of the glory of God. Heaven is a real place of glory. And beauty. And the perfect home for the, the, the Lamb's bride. The church. Revelation 21, verses number 1 to 8. Look at verse number 2. A pure city, a prepared city. Revelation 21, look at verse number 2. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. A pure city, a prepared city. What a blessed, wonderful place. Uh, blessed by the presence of God. In verse number 3. I heard the great voice out of heaven saying. Behold the tabernacle of God. Is with men. And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them. And be their God. And uh, blessed. Not only blessed by the presence of God. The Bible says blessed also by the uh, absence of grief. No more sadness in that place. No more separation in that place. No more sorrow in that place. No more suffering. No more hurts. No more labors. No more mourning. No more broken hearts in that place. It is a satisfying place. Look at verse number 6. Revelation 21 verse 6 and verse 7. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega. And uh, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst. The foundation of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my he shall be my son. What a, what a privilege. A satisfying place. Every need is supplied. Every desire is fulfilled. Now we see a divine purpose of God. His desire of bringing Many sons to glory. He will bring them to glory. In spite of the many obstacles. That try to hinder their going. And uh, compare this with the, all the difficulties. That the Israelites had, had experienced. They were slaves. They could not begin themselves as a nation. They had no resources. They had no military to protect them. No earthly king to lead them. That night the Egyptians... In Exodus 13.33, the Egyptians opened up their treasures and gave them to the Israelites. The Lord went before them. In Exodus 13, verse 21, Pharaoh tried to keep them, but with a high hand and an outstretched arm, God brought them out of bondage. God brought them out of bondage. When the rapture comes, in 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 to 18, it says in verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. This refers to a military command. With a shout. 
Jesus is calling the host of heaven to assemble for military, for military action against the domain of the enemy. What is the domain of the enemy? The air. Ephesians is the power, the, the prince of the air. Ephesians 6 verse number 12. And then 1 Thessalonians 4 17. He, we shall be caught up. This praise comes from a word that refers to a strong, irresistible, violent act. It literally means to cease by force, to carry up by force, to claim for oneself eagerly. The rapture will come that way. In the rapture, the Lord Jesus Christ will claim his bride by force. It is interesting to note that this word conveys the idea of force, certainly. There is within us, the heart of the saved, a desire to depart and to go to heaven. However, there are forces that would hinder our departure if they could. Among them are the strong hold of sin, the influence of the flesh, the world, and the devil. And all this would, would conspire to keep us here. They would not allow us to go up there to defeat the purpose of God in bringing sons into glory. And, uh, but remember this, he will come and uh, he will catch away his people and he will take them to glory. Praise God. When Jesus comes, no force will be able to prevent his coming for us. No force will be able to hold us now here when he comes. We are going there. The rapture will take us to heaven. Jesus Christ says, I will come again. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Yes, the purpose of that redemptive work of Christ on the cross is to bring sons and daughters to glory. We want to pay attention, number two, to the Lord Jesus Christ as appointed captain of our salvation. Our leader. God intends to bring many sons to glory. And you know, what is God's intention? That none would perish. But that all should come to repentance. It means to do it by, by, by the hand of an appointed captain. And who will fight for his people. And lead them safely into the Canaan of glory. Thank God we are saved. We, we sure will arrive in heaven. Not because of our ability to do it. We have a, we have a, we have a leader, a captain that will make sure that we will arrive in heaven. To give us sure assurance, that's the purpose. We have a high priest today that we will surely make our journey to heaven. Our Lord Jesus Christ has captured and defeated every enemy for us. He made sure that he will be in heaven when the time comes. Jesus is our pioneer, our trailblazer, our forerunner in Hebrews 6, look at verse number 19 and 20. Hebrews chapter 6, look at verse number 19 and verse number 20. In your Bible, please. Your uh, Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 19 and verse number 20. Hebrews 6, 19. It's hope we have an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entered into that within the veil. Whether the forerunner, there it is now, he's our captain. The forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. 
Jesus is our forerunner. And uh, he's our trailblazer. He's our forerunner. He's our pioneer. What does the term forerunner mean? A forerunner is a person that precedes the coming of someone. Precedes means to go in front or ahead. He said, uh, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. If my, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go, he says. For what purpose? To prepare a place for you. He's there. I'm sure we have a place there. Why? Because he's preparing a place for us. Number three, let us notice the, the working of God, the Father upon his Son, Jesus Christ, in making him the captain of our salvation. And our verse says, Hebrews 2 verse 10, For it became him for whom are all things, and by him are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory. For it became him. For it was fitting for him. Repress primarily to God the Father. We can look at God the Father. It became him means that he sent, you know, uh, it, it, it meant that he did, uh, what he did through Jesus Christ was consistent with his character. Everything he did for us in Christ was consistent with his character. It was consistent with God's wisdom. The cross, the cross was a masterpiece of wisdom. You can read 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 25. God solved the problem which no man, no human or angelic mind could have solved. Left it in the minds of the angels and uh, the most uh, 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 wise men in this world. They could not come up with the idea that the God who created the universe would leave his throne and come and die for us. What he did was also consistent with his holiness. For God showed on the cross his hatred for sin. What he did was consistent with his power. Being the greatest display of power ever manifested. Christ endured for a few hours. Can you imagine? What will take an eternity for, for unrepentant sinners to endure? Now, a, a, a soul in hell would endure the pain forever and forever and forever. He endured it only for a few hours. Nobody can do that. Only Christ have endured the cross for our sake. Also it was consistent with his love. In that he loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son for our redemption. And then finally, what he did was consistent with his grace. Because Christ's sacrifice was substitutionary. The work of salvation was totally consistent with God's nature. It was entirely fitting for him to have done what he did on the cross. Based on God's desire, it was only right that Christ would suffer. Someone might have asked, Is it necessary that Christ should suffer that cruel death of a criminal? Is it? Of course, yes. Why would God ask his son to suffer such a horrible death? 
It was because only the perfect Son of God could pay the price for sins of the whole world. Nobody can do it. Nobody can do it. It was necessary that Jesus should die on the cross in order to fully pay our sin debt. All the religious sacrifices done in the Old Testament were not enough. <clears throat> they were not enough to fully satisfy the demand of the divine law of God, offended by sin, only Christ. It was necessary that Jesus Christ should die on the cross in order to show, in order to display the pure, infinite love of God for sinners. It was entirely part of God's purpose that Christ should be made perfect through suffering so that he might act as our sympathizer. In Hebrews chapter 4, look at verse number verse number 14, please. Hebrews 4 verse 14, it says, Seeing then that we have not a high priest, we have a high priest that is passing to the heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Means we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. We have a great high priest. The ancient Jews depended on their high priest so much. He was the man who interceded for them before the Lord. They cannot come directly to God. He was the man who offered blood sacrifices that atoned for their sin. Nobody can do it except their high priest. The high priest was an important part of their lives of their worship and their relationship with God. Remember that. Why is the high priest so important for them? Why is Aaron so important for them? Their worship, their relationship with God, and they needed him. The major problem with the Jewish high priest was that they were human, like you and me. They needed forgiveness, just like the people they represented. They were sinners, just like the people they represented. They were prone to failure, just like the people that they represented. Jesus Christ is a great high priest because he's not just a human high priest. He's the Son of God. He can lay both his hands on our hearts and understand us because he is 100% human. And he can reach and bring our petitions, our, our doubts, our lives to God. He can communicate with the Father. Why? Because he is God. So as he brings reconciliation, both man and God, he can lay his hand on the heart of God and understand the feeling of God because he is God. And he can also at the same time lay his hand on the heart of human beings because he is human. Is human. Those high priests in the Old Testament have no idea of what the people felt. How they felt. Jesus Christ is so different. He's a great high priest because he's not just a human high priest. He is the son of God. He is sinless. He cannot sin. He cannot fail. He does not need forgiveness 
for He is perfect. And notice the human side of Jesus. The human side of Jesus in our behalf is verse, Hebrews 4 verse 15. We have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, of our weaknesses, but was in all point tempted like as we are yet without sin. Notice the human side of Jesus. He starts with the feeling of our infirmities. One of the problems with the human priest in the, is, the, is, is the, he simply cannot know your, what you feel, how you feel. He hasn't experienced all the things you are experiencing. Thus, he cannot sympathize with you. How can he sympathize really with you? The Lord Jesus Christ is our perfect sympathizer. The praise, touch with the feeling, translate, translate one to be affected with, with, our, with the same feeling. <clears throat> he's touched with the feeling of our infirmity. Simply means he's affected with the same feeling. It is more than just feeling our pain. It carries the idea of knowing how we feel coupled with a desire to help. That's the Lord that we have today. That's the Savior we have today. It is a caring heart that reaches out to help the hurting. Now look at this, please, as I close. Verse 13, Hebrews 4, verse 13. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him whom we have to do. Yes, we have to do whom we have to do every moment of our lives must be connected to Him. Whatever we do every day, every activity that we have has to be connected with Him. Our safety, our provision, our everything, our power must be connected with Him. We just literally live moment by moment connected with His power, connected with His wisdom, connected with His strength. Whom we have to do. He sees you. He is constantly watching over you. He's watching your way. He sees your trial. He sees your pain, your thirst. He understands everything that you have. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Thank God. We have, we have Jesus, our Lord, our captain. He's our great deliverer. He's a great sympathizer tonight. He will listen to us. What a privilege we have. We can come to the throne of God anytime. And he will take us in. He will understand us. He will, he will uh, uh, help us. He will support us. Let us all stand up please. Before I pray. The throne of God is open for all of us. It's the throne of grace. I wonder if you just simply slip your hands. And uh, say pastor. I, I need your prayer tonight. I need your prayer tonight. And uh, I go to God in prayer. We must do it. How many of you would just raise your hand and I will, amen. God bless you. I see those hands. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God tonight. And dear Lord, I pray that your hand would richly bless and touch our lives through the word of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, being our great sympathizer. Thank you for being our great high priest who will fight for our cause in the throne of God. Who constantly watches over us, providing us the strength we need. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Sir Greg, please.
Thank you, Pastor. The Word of God had been preached. And uh, before we proceed, uh, if you are here tonight, if you are there joining us live, and if you haven't been saved, probably tonight is your salvation night. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who can deliver you from the lake of fire. Romans 10.13, For soever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he is fit to save your soul. Romans 6.23, the Bible says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So he is fit to save your soul tonight. And if you accept him as your Lord and Savior, what he have done, the sufferings he have done is fruitful and beneficial. You'll become the sons of God. John 1.12, but as many as receive him, give him power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. We'll be singing an invitation song, only one verse due to limited time, and after that we will close. But I hope and pray that you will... Uh, uh, discern and understand the word of God and receive him as your Lord and Savior. What song are we going to sing, Brother Mark? I sing, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Only one verse and we're going to end the invitation. Go ahead, Brother Mark. Verse 1. God made a promise and whatever God says, he will do it. If he says he will save your soul, he will save your soul. Remember the benefits that God will give you. And we learn that the Lord Jesus Christ has brought so many to the glory of God, which is in heaven. The heaven is the glory of God. Grab the opportunity tonight. Be a saved person tonight. For Christians, we need to continue to pray for one another, good health, and also for our church anniversary this coming March. Let's pray for those who are not yet saved, especially our family members. Let's pray for our pastor. Let's pray for our a new mission as well. Tonight is a great night. We praise God for His goodness upon us. But of course, we need to continue to pray one another. The Bible says, comfort one another of these things. What the Bible says, spite of the difficult situation, God is continually feeding us. That's why we continue to pray one another. And that waiting for that blessed hope of the coming of His Son, the Lord, Jesus Christ. And all the people say, Amen. So thank you so much. Salamat for being here physically and for all our members out there. Thank you for joining us. I hope your line was good. And for those, if there are any first time visitors, we are glad that you are here. We have the Bible Baptist Church. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope that the next Sunday or even Wednesday you can join us in our prayer meeting. At this time, let's close our eyes, bow down our heads, and let us pray. Heavenly Father and loving God, thank you so much for the book of Hebrews, of the Lord Jesus Christ as our great deliverer. Thank you, dear Father, for uh, your plan done even before the foundation of the world that man might be saved. Thank you so much for the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's fitting to save our souls. And also, uh, uh, his sufferings uh, is beneficial and truthful. That when we accept him, we will become his sons, bringing him to his glory. Thank you so much for his sufferings, which is fundamental, perfect foundation. And thank you so much for knowing and reminding us that the Lord Jesus Christ has brought so many 
so many people uh, going to heaven. Thank you so much, Lord, for uh, the Lord Jesus Christ dying in a cross for our sins, for being a perfect sacrifice to die for our sins because he is 100% God, 100% man. He fully understands God at the same time. He fully understands us as man. Thank you for saving our souls in spite that we are unworthy. We are sinners in thy eyes, O God, but because of your love and care, you save our souls. If there's anyone in our midst, dear Father, who is not yet saved, we pray and I pray that you will save their souls. Bless us as we are about to go. And thank you so much. Thank you for the victory this morning and this evening. And all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.